Welcome to Functional Design Enclosure. I'm Christoph Newman. And I am Nate Jones. We're here to help you use closure and functional programming to make your everyday life as a developer less frustrating and more fulfilling. Yep, we love programming enclosure and we really enjoy uh, helping other people. And so if you are running into an issue that you uh, is causing you to not like closure, uh, please reach out <laughs> and uh, and we, we, we can try to help. Uh, we can talk about it on the show uh, or in our in our podcast channel. Um, we, we definitely uh, love um, helping other people out. Yeah, and we'd love to hear from you. You can tweet at us at Closure Design. You can send us email to feedback at closuredesign.club, or you can come hop in our podcast channel, which is Closure Design Podcast, and that is in the Closurian Slack. Yes, uh, and to find out how to get into the Closurian Slack, just Google Closurian Slack. <laughs> There are um, so many channels, so much time. So much. You can spend so much time there, but we would love it if you spent some of your time with us. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, so, okay, so kicking off this episode, um, we kind of have started uh, talking a little bit about closure idioms. And uh, so last week we talked about um, merge with and the idioms we could we, we, have, we have found around that function. And we would like to... Um, put a, a, an episode next to that episode uh, right after it. We would like to juxtapose two episodes together. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you're doing. <laughs> not, not succeeding, I don't, I don't think, but <laughs> we want to talk about juxt. The yes. One, one of the, the mysterious juxt function. One of the more, one of the, the higher order of higher order functions. Um, and, uh, and we, we we found it, it to be very useful in certain cases for for conciseness and um, and there's some idioms that we found too and so I think that would be good a good topic for us to expound upon. <laughs> I'd have to say juxt baffled me. The I did not understand juxt. I I think I never used juxt in maybe the first year and a half of closure programming. I hadn't done super serious functional programming yet, so I hadn't encountered that concept of Juxt. So so it was brand new to me, and I had seen it in code, but it always just seemed to make the code more confusing. I don't know. That that's my experience with Juxt. So it took me a while to really understand and get it and warm up to the idea. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I think it's kind of confusing because it, it, it takes functions and it returns a function. Like there are lots of functions in Clojure that take a function, like map takes a function, but it gives you data back. It doesn't actually return you something else that you then have to call. But Jux is one right. of those functions, like partial or comp. Or there's there's a, there are there are several of them that that do this. Um, but they're not. I think Jux is is confusing. At least it was confusing to me in that it's like wh- what. What do I want? Like it's like you, you, there's a bunch. You you pass a bunch of functions to it, or you know, usually at least two. Yeah, and so it's, well, it's kind of overwhelming. Just for some background, is Juxt takes a a list of well, not a list, but it takes in functions, right? So so it, it's a variable arity, right? So you call Juxt, <laughs> and then you pass it a bunch of functions, and it returns a function that when you pass that function. A single value, all that va- that value will be passed to each of the other functions that you gave it, and re- 
returns a list. See, it's like even hard to explain, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, I think, uh, yeah, I think the <laughs> way that I used Juxt first was um, like, for instance, if I want to get, like, I have a map that has like six keys in it, and I want to get two of those keys. Um, like, if you want, you, like, a sub map, you used. Um, you use select keys, but if I just want the two values, um, I would. I that's the first time I really used Juxt uh, for uh, for a purpose other than like a like a, a puzzle. Was you just you you say Juxt you know key one key two, and that gives you a function, and then you 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 call that function on your map, and you just get the two values back because what it has done, it is called key one and key two on map in sequence and giving you back that sequence. Of, of, of return values. I don't know if I did it right. any better than you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so maybe another way into this is ultimately you're after a list of things, right? Like you want to build up a list of things. And, and so imagine that you have a different function for each item in that list, right? So like, for example, you, you have um, four or five different key, let's say five different keywords in a row because you want to build up a list of those five values that came out of a map, right? So it's like, okay, I want a list with five values in a row, and I want the first value to come from this key, and the second value to come from that key, and the third value to come from that key. Mm -hmm. Great. So then you, you call juxt with each of those keywords, and then it's going to give you a function. So it's not going to do the work yet. It's going to give you a function, and then you have to call that function and pass it the map. And then it's going to actually pick pick those values out of the map. And I th I think it's that that indirectness that confused me at first for Jux. Like like if they had an analog to select keys, where it's more like select values, you know, and you give it a map, and then you give it you know a bunch of keys, and then it gives you a list uh, with all the values for those keys. Well, then that would have made sense. But for some crazy reason. <laughs> That function didn't exist. It must be a huge oversight. And then, and then I discovered, you know, you can do that with Juxt, <laughs> right? Right. And and Juxt is like like a lot of things in Closure. It's kind of like, well, why why don't I just have select vowels? Well, select vowels would only be one of the the myriad of things that that Juxt can do. And so by by use by making the function more general, you 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 can use it for a lot more purposes. Right. So when you're missing. I, I found, and maybe this is too strong of a statement, but I found that when it feels like core is missing a really obvious thing, there's probably an idiom that you need to learn. <laughs> or an uh, idiom maybe yes. you don't know about. <laughs> because because um, some of these things are just, yeah, solved, solved through an idiom. Yeah, I, th I, think, I think one of the, the things that I think is confusing about Juxt, especially the way that I just talked about it, like getting multiple values out of a map, is that you you want to make Juxt makes a function for you, and then you want to immediately call that usually on a map. So, like the way that the the, the code looks, it's you know it's it's in the the place where the function is in the like you know um, in the form like open parenthesis function name map. Well, instead of function name, you have a call to Jux. So it's actually open parenthesis, open parenthesis. Like you have, it's, 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 it's just a weird to have a function call be in the function name place in a form. And so I think that that kind of threw me off a bit when I was using it um, in that way. Right. But, but then to, 
like the, the the more I got into it, the more I realized that a lot of times what I want the uh, when I when I make a function with Juxt, I don't want to call it right away. I actually want to hand it to another fun- another higher order function. Like usually, I want to hand it to Map. So I don't, yeah. you know what I mean. So it, it right. what it does is it replaces the function literal with uh, 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 the Juxt call, and so it's it 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 doesn't look as weird. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, I think my big aha moment with Juxt was with Map. Right. So back to back to our picking out all the specific values. So, for example, when you want to generate a CSV enclosure, the CSV uh, library, it takes a a list of lists. Right. So so the nested list is each of your columns in the CSV. And then the the outer list is your list of rows. And so typically I like I'll, I'll have a list of data in maps Right, so a list of things with fields, and I want to I want to pick out a specific column order, and so I I have to map across this list of lists in order to you know pick out all those things. And so my aha moment was what you mentioned is with map, because now all of a sudden you just say map, and then you call juxt, and then you hand it each of the keys that you want to pick out of the map in the order you want to pick them. Right, right. And and then you feed you feed that that map statement right with the list of rows that are in in map form. Yeah, I know we're the, talking map no, the, the function, map the concept. Right. But yes. The the list of maps. So you actually pass in a list of maps, and you get a list of of lists or a list of sequences, and that's what 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 the CSV uh, function needs to output. Right. Yeah. And so because juxt returns a function it's perfect because you just hand that function off to map and and if jux didn't return a function then you would have to create a function literal there uh using your favorite you know pound parenthesis or fn (laughs) depending but it's it's just very convenient and so you realize like i began to realize wow this is really concise because i just say map parenthesis juxt and then list all my fields that I want in the columns of the CSV. And, and, and it was just really short, you know, it's like really nice way. So now I'm pivoting a list of maps into a list of lists that I shove over the CSV renderer and it spits out a CSV for me. <laughs> yeah. And in our, in our, in our, the, the idiom of, you know, doing all of your transforming before you do your outputting, you know, you get it all in the right format and then you just send it to the printer and all the printer needs to do is just put it on the paper, put it in the CSV. Right. But a kind of a similar problem then that I realized um, juxt... Well, actually, I didn't realize. I had to read an article. I can't remember the article. But, but for transforming maps, juxt is super useful for transforming maps too. Because one, yeah. one of the most obvious so, so-called missing functions in core... Right is like map vals, right? Where you where you take a map and you a a uh, hash map or <laughs> a ray map or that kind of map, and then and then you transform all of its values, and and you can do that using juxt in kind of a clean way. Yeah, I remember um, uh, during the uh, advent of 
code or the Advent season uh, last year, um, Arna of uh, Lambda Island fame, um, he was he did, every every day he did a blog post, and one of the blog posts he did was um, this this closure idiom. That's actually how I found out about it. Um, it's 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 a really um, like lots of times you, you there there are ways there are times where you want to take a map and you want to transform it somehow you want to do something with all the keys or do something with all the values and then have it, have it then come out as a map again and so um the way that that idiom like it's we, we talked about it last time like you don't i don't you, you you don't generally learn idioms by figuring them out yourself you figure you learn them by other people communicating them to you or or by reading about them um <clears throat> and so uh, it was really useful to find that out um, from Arna. Um, and yeah. So, yeah, and so it's kind of funny. I mean, we could go on, we could have a whole podcast episode about this idea in programming that you should be able to, language should, should be able to tell you how to do it, right? But it's kind of like <laughs> saying you can become a good in- writer of English literature without ever reading an English literature book, you know? Oh, man. Like the way you become an excellent writer of closure is you read excellent closure code <laughs> or excellent functional programming code. <laughs> and ah, so, well put, well put. Yes, yes. So, so sharing these idioms, I think, is just a valuable thing in general for us to do within the closure community. But for this specific idiom, the idea is you're, you're going to have a, a map and you want to transform all the values in the map, right? And and the secret to getting this is understanding that you can you can treat a map as a list of key value pairs, right? So you so you take your map and then you you send it into the map function. And so by by treating it in list context, now all of a sudden you're gonna get this series of key value pairs. And then the map the map function you you call juxt, and then let's say you want to leave the key alone. So then you give it key, right? So juxt key, and then you want to do something with the value. So then you call comp, and then your transform function. So let's say, I don't know, let's just be silly. We're going to increment all the values, you know, by Mm -hmm. one. So we say comp, inc, and then val, right? And then you close out your parentheses there. So juxt key, and then parentheses comp, inc, val. So it it reads really well, because what you're doing is you're like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to take this, I'm going to return this thing that is a key and an incremented val. And then after that map statement, the next thing you do is into and then uh, map, right? And depending on, depending on how you want to do that, you can either just use, you know, curly braces for empty hash map because you don't care, <laughs> or you can use empty on, on whatever the map was that was passed into you if you want to be underlying type preserving, right? But, but that's, that's the idiom. And and it reads well, right? Jux key comp inc val because because you're like oh you're pulling apart the values and you're putting them back together again. Yeah, I think I think one of the things that was interesting about this idiom that I learned um, when I read that blog post was that so like you said they're they're key value pairs. It's like a little like a two element vector, and so lots of times when I would map on a map, I would just use first or second because you know I want the first element out of that tuple or I want the second element out of that tuple but I didn't realize that it's actually a special vector it's like it's like it's a, a separate type that actually acts like a vector when you treat it like a vector but it acts like a a, a a key value pair so that's why you can call key and val on it 
And so in a function like juxt, like that, you could use first and second as instead of key and val, but it's much harder to understand. The, the really cool thing is by using key and val, it really reads smooth, like it really reads concisely and it's, it, it's easy to understand. And that, that kind of right. for me was the aha moment. Yeah, and so you can do, so unlike a map vowels function, you can do more interesting things to actually change the key too. So, so for example, now imagine your statement being map of juxt val key, right? So now you're inverting your map, right? Just very <laughs> concisely. And it reads pretty well. You're, you're going, oh, okay, I'm mapping all of these key value pairs and I'm turning them into val key pairs, <laughs> right? And then now all of a sudden you've inverted your map very concisely with your map juxt val key. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I guess, I guess the hidden hero in this is comp, right? So, so one of the things is once you begin to grok juxt, well, juxt has to take functions as its argument. So now all of a sudden you find yourself reaching for those other higher order functions like comp and partial and or things like that to to set up juxt the right way. So I found my use of comp going way up once I started using juxt a lot more. Uh, interesting, interesting because comp is also a higher order function that takes that takes functions and gives you back a function. It's like there's a whole class of these right. that they're just they're just they're just like program synthesizers. They're not actually they don't actually do the work. They just give you back something that can do the do it concisely. Yeah, and then and there's there's kind of a practical implication of it too. Um, I don't I don't know if you I don't run into this very much anymore because my style maybe has changed. But when I first started Closure, I constantly ran into embedding. The, so when you when you use the um, the function literal style with pound parentheses, you know, mm -hmm, and, and mm -hmm. so I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a function literal with that nice reader form, the pound parentheses one. Well, then I'm inside of that, and I realize like, oh, I want to do another one, right? Like for example, <laughs> map mapping right. an update, right? Mm -hmm. So I do map, I do pound parentheses update, blah blah blah. Well, then I then I'd want to an update function. So then pound parentheses and then, oh, now I'm screwed, right? Because you can't nest them. Uh, and, and so, oh man. So I'd run into that a lot. But what's interesting is like juxt, juxt returns a function. It's higher order already. You don't need to call it within pound parentheses. So I have found that an, an argument to juxt, sometimes it's easier to set it up with comp but sometimes it's easier to set it up with your pound parentheses, with the found, yeah, with the you know, literal. function literal. A and I can use it. Maybe, maybe two, two out of the uh, two arguments I'm feeding into juxt are just, you know, either comp or, or function literals. Maybe two or three of them I'm feeding into juxt or pound parentheses, right? But I don't, they don't end up nested. They end up all next to each other. So, so it kind of frees up my ability to use that a little bit more liberally because juxt itself doesn't have to be called as a closure as a as a as a literal right right yeah that's one of the nice things about the higher order functions like that is that you you don't have to you, you don't get into that into that nesting problem i think uh, one of the ways that i've used juxt um probably the probably the most i mean i the, the reforming the map i think is is definitely gotten a lot more common um uh, but a lot of times I ha i'll have a collection and i want to make it into a map and uh, and juxt there's the that we we've kind of come upon upon this idiom ourselves, 
where you just instead of juxt key val, you just do juxt whatever you want to index and then identity. And when you when you pass that a list of you know maps or or, or other things, um, you get you get you basically can you, into a map on that, and you get a, a map that has been basically indexed on whatever key you're, you're passing to the, the first key you're passing to Jux. Right. So like we deal with a lot of esports data. So so if we have a big long list of players. And so those players are going to be uh, maps, structured, you know, as maps, fields, field-oriented. <laughs> and we want to make, we want to make a lookup table by player ID. That's a thing we do. And so you can just juxt a colon ID uh, space identity. And then you farm the player through and then it picks out that and it's going to make, and so you just map that into... Um, curly brace, you know, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, boom, there you have a map, which is uh, a lookup table by whatever key. And it reads really well too, which is nice. Yeah. I, 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 I used to have a function called by ID, <laughs> um, or, uh, map by that I would basically pass a collection and a key and it would do this for me. Um, but the, the into map juxta ID identity is so short that you can just put it in wherever you need the map generated instead of having to have a separate function. It's like small enough, it's a small enough idiom that it's almost smaller, it's almost the same size as calling a function to do that. And so it serves a good purpose of of being something I can pattern match on and just know that it works without having to have another function to have in some shared library somewhere. Right. And so this brings me to one of my um, really fun fun things I ran into, because some of these maps, they're not indexed by a single ID key. Sometimes <laughs> they're indexed by a couple of IDs. So so what you need is you're going to make a map. So you, so you have a big long list of data, and then you want to turn it into a lookup table. But then the key in that map, the key in that lookup table, aka hash map, <laughs> is a list right of of a few different not unique IDs that are juxtaposed <laughs> so you end up right doing a oh, map no. where you call juxt and then the first argument of juxt is another call to juxt where you you <laughs> list out right the 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 joint keys in order that you want them in your lookup table right so you do juxt and then parenthesis juxt and then let's just say time and you know, colon time and then colon server, I don't know, you know, and then you close that out and then you do identity. Now, all of a sudden, you've taken your list of entities and you've turned them into a lookup table with a joint key using juxt with juxt inside, right? And 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 it is totally free to nest. No, no function literal problem there. <laughs> right, right. And so after you after you kind of start having these ahas, I don't know, for me, after I started having some of these ahas, then then some of this stuff just falls out, you know, which is kind of nice. Yeah, I actually have an Oh yeah, go ahead. I I was going to say I have another kind of like oddball use of jux, like an I, for me it was like non-obvious use of jux just uh, for the REPL. So, so one of the problems that I, I end up having a lot is we deal with big, long lists of things. And, and so we're repling and we want to, we want to look at this giant list of thousands and thousands of things. Well, you don't want to just 
like let let your REPL spit that out. I mean, it becomes intractable. Yeah, your editor so, falls over. Right, and so I'll write these little summary functions that they'll chew through the list and they'll they'll roll up some numbers or they'll they'll pick out you know little values you know like summary values so that maybe maybe I still have two thousand rows to look at but it's two thousand very concise rows as opposed to two thousand pretty printed maps of eighteen fields you know <laughs> <laughs> right. And so I'll have these summary functions. So now imagine a function that takes a list of this data you're working with and and it summarizes it in some way. And so now I'm I'm doing an operation. So for example, I was uh, recently I was dealing with a whole bunch of game statistics from a, a specific video game we work with. And I so I have all these game statistics and I wanted to um I wanted to look at uh pat look for patterns in them, right? And so I had, had written up some different functions to do that. Well, what's cool is like in your REPL, you can you can run all these, you can run this data through, you know, your threading operator. And then at the very end, you can do map, juxt, and then you, you just give it a list of summary functions, right? So like, for example, the easiest one is count and identity, right? Or count. And so in that case, it's going to, you're going to do all this work of filtering this down and then... I'm going to run it through map jux count identity and it's going to give me a, a list to a tuple back where it's going to show me the count of how many results I got and then the actual results themselves. Right? Right, right. Or I could do count like juxt count summary function 1, summary function 2. So then I what I'm seeing is I'm I'm seeing I can just cherry pick which summaries I want to see and I just juxt them and so then I can very easily in my REPL when I'm trying to visualize this data, pick which which little summaries or visualizations I want and and change it very easily, like right there at the end. Right, and then and then all of those the summaries for each, you know, so to speak, source uh, entity are next to each other, so that you can find correlations between them. Because a lot of times right. the problem that we run into is that we are exploring the data. We're trying to find in amongst the sea of data, the consistency or inconsistency. And so to put small summaries next to each other or to juxtapose them, <laughs> um, it, really, it really facilitates uh, surfing through all that data. Like we talk about closure as a data-oriented language, like we love data, but there, you can easily, easily get overwhelmed with data. And so being able to to have different pivots of the same data next to each other really helps uh, clarify, um, uh, answer questions, and then be able to find more problems. Yeah, and, and so it's fun because then you can combine this with other, in any function that just filters through that giant list and tells you something, like you can combine it with min or you can combine it with max or things like that. And so the idea is then in your repling, you're building up this vocabulary of visualization, if you will, like textual visualization. Yeah, no, that's, I feel like- And as you're problem solving, you're farming data through it and you're picking out which visualizations you want to see, right? (laughs) Yeah, I feel like the the idea of doing that in some sort of graphical interface is just like, I don't think it is even possible, but because it's so, the data is so flexible and being able to print out these things is so flexible. I think, I think it is, it is by far my favorite UI for surfing through data. 
Yeah, yeah. And that, I, if you go back to our REPL series and, and all that, and this, this whole idea of a fiddle, a fiddle file, we'll link to the episode. We'll link to the episode in the notes for this, but the, we, we use that pretty heavily for just surfing through data because we have a lot of data we want to deal with interactively. Yeah, definitely. Well, do we have any more jucks or are we done? Oh, I think that's enough for now. <laughs> I, I'm sure we have more. Um, I but think, um, boy. One, one, one thing that kind of was fun to go through early on in my, in my juxt, uh, my juxt journey um, was there's a guy named Bobby Towers who has a uh, on his blog for a while, like almost every day, he would put an entry like titled "Just Juxt," and where he'd solve some problem using Juxt by itself. I think uh, it was it's really fun to like go through and see how if you just try to use that one function, how flexible Juxt ends up being. So I think we should link to that too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's Juxt is a fascinating little function. So if you haven't spent much time with it. You should you should give it a whirl. You should try it out. See what you can do. It's definitely it, it's a key to a number of idioms for sure, especially in dealing with maps. Uh, for I, I'm I'm sure there's many more that we haven't even talked about. So we would love <laughs> to hear your juxt stories, even if it is just juxt. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And you you can reach us by by sending us email at feedback at closuredesign.club. Or you can hit us up at Twitter, at Closure Design, or hop into our Closurian Slack channel, Closure Design Dash Podcast. Yes, please. Um, and you can find this show, uh, the, the notes for this show, and uh, other shows on our website at closuredesign.club. Uh, please come on out and check that out. Uh, we'll link to more things that we, we talked about and more other episodes that we, we mentioned. And um, so then we'll be back next week with another idiom. Thanks for listening. <laughs>